Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts. Bless us, direct us, and send us out. Living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. Before I begin my usual ramblings, I do want to touch on something odd in our second reading this morning from St. Paul's second letter to the church in Corinth. Every now and then, our lectionary readings include something that sounds very odd to our ears, so much so that while it is not worthy of an entire sermon, it does threaten to distract us from a larger and more consequential theme. Today is a good example of that, for Paul writes to his sisters and brothers in Christ, I know a person in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. I thought there was only one heaven, and I thought I only had to gain access to one heaven. Now you tell me there are three. Seriously, Paul is actually referring to his own journey of faith. Specifically, his experience on the Damascus Road. As you may remember from the ninth chapter of Acts, a young Paul, a Pharisee, and frequent persecutor of the early church is on the road from Jerusalem to Damascus and is blinded by a great light. And he hears the voice of Christ saying to him, Why do you persecute me? The vision, this Congress with Christ, can be named the third heaven. Hence hence Paul's use of that phrase today. So certainly odd, but not as bizarre as we might imagine. Now, on to the aforementioned rambling. Every year, on the Sunday closest to Independence Day, I challenge myself to re-examine and re-read some aspect of early American history especially the stories of the randos and odd fellows that dared to rebel against the world's greatest superpower in the name of liberty and equality. And this year I stumbled across a real gem. The Reverend James Caldwell, pastor of the First Presbyterian Church in Elizabethtown, New Jersey. He was known by two nicknames, the fighting parson to the revolutionaries, and the black rebel to the English. Seriously, this guy should have his own comic book. During the Battle of Springfield on June 23rd, 1780, the rebels were outnumbered five to one. And during the course of the battle, the rebels discovered that they were almost out of artillery wadding. The wad is a bundle of cloth or paper rammed into the cannon between the powder and the cannonball. I am not a physicist nor an artilleryman, but apparently the presence of the wad makes the cannon safer to operate and also improves its power and its accuracy. So the rebels needed more wadding, and the Reverend Caldwell came up with a solution. He swiftly rode to a nearby church, and close your ears, Ed, you may not want to hear this. He commandeered their hymnals, tore out the pages, and used them for the needed wadding. The hymnals he borrowed that day was known as the Watts Hymnal, 
And witnesses report that the black rebel was heard to yell, Give him Watts, boys! Despite being desperately outnumbered, the colonials were eventually victorious. And because of their victory, the British failed to capture one General George Washington, who was hunkered down nearby in Morristown during the battle. The Reverend Caldwell was known to preach with loaded pistols perched on the pulpit. That sounds like a great idea. (laughs) And apparently his preaching on the cause of liberty was so dynamic, was so powerful, that dozens upon dozens of members of his congregation enlisted in the revolutionary cause. A year and a half later, in November of 1781, Caldwell was assassinated by a British agent posing as an American sentry. I share this little bit of history with you this morning for multiple reasons. For one, it is just quite thrilling. Two, it's a celebration of Independence Day. But three, I believe we can discern three themes from Reverend Caldwell's legacy that parallel three themes we find in today's scripture. The power of the unheralded, the power of listening, and the power of call. Whenever we read today's passage from Mark, I am fascinated by these lines. Then Jesus said to them, Prophets are not without honor except in their hometown and among their own kin and in their own house. And he could do no deed of power there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them, and he was amazed at their unbelief. Now, while some may have believed that Jesus did no deed of power there, and and the people's unbelief was certainly shameful, but for those whom Jesus cured their illness and for their families, I'm sure Jesus was plenty powerful for them. And we are reminded that the totality of a movement, whether a local political revolution or a universe-altering Messiah, these are not measured by the greatest hits, but by everything that is accomplished, from the bit players to the major heroes, from the small acts to the historic feats. Second is the power and importance of listening What deeds of power would Jesus have done if the people in the synagogue had listened to him rather than grumble and question his authority? What would Israel have gained if they had better listened to the prophet Ezekiel in our Old Testament reading? And who in Palestine would have connected with God if they had listened to those apostles that were sent out two by two rather than refusing their welcome? One of the greatest legacies of Reverend Caldwell isn't his creative use of hymnals or his pioneering use of liturgical firearms, but how many listened to him, how many opened their mind and their hearts and responded to the call. And thirdly, after we listen, we respond. We respond to the call We are thankful on this 4th of July for the Reverend Caldwell, his congregants, and his compatriots, 
and for all that they do, all that they did to secure the nation and the liberty we now enjoy. And as followers of Christ, we are exponentially more thankful for the prophets like Ezekiel, for the leaders like Paul, and for those apostles who heard the call and ventured forth, ventured forth with nothing for their journey except their faith. No bread, no bag, no money in their belt, just a staff, a pair of sandals, and their belief in Christ. And these noble examples lead us to wonder, how do we answer the call? How do we listen to the call of leadership, of justice, and most importantly, of discipleship? All of us have the responsibility of being people of consequence. And we are reminded of this responsibility today as Americans and every day as Christians. We are called to listen, to respond, and to do what needs to be done. May God bless us every day and this day with the wisdom and courage to be who he is calling us to be. Amen.